Let's make a podcast. What do you say? Pod, pod, podcast. You want to make a podcast? <laughs> Let's make a podcast. Did you ever see that? What was it? Devil's Advocate. My friends and I always quote, it was a pretty bad movie. And there's one, one part where, I guess it's Keanu Reeves, it wasn't Pacino. And he says to his love interest, he, he looks at her. It's supposed to be a romantic moment, I think. And he says like this, uh, let's make a baby. <laughs> and we're in the theater and we just like crack up laughing. So we've quoted that for years, but let's make a baby. That sounds like a classic piano. I don't know what to do. Let's make a baby. From the great white north and the great American South. It's the border battle of the bands. This is North by South. and welcome to north by south from the south part it's your host and friend clay and from the northern part of our little cross-border duet we have every month here it's rye canada how's it how's it going Eh? not so bad (laughs) not bad y'all um You've got the COVID too. I don't know if you, I'm sorry if I violated your HIPAA. I don't know if you want to talk about that or not, but there may be low energy. You're, you're sick. I'm tired. Yeah. Sick and tired together. Sick and tired. Sick and tired is the name of our, uh, our, our duet. <laughs> I'm sick. It's like Ebony and Ivory, but. Right. He's a little bit sick. Both. I'm a little bit tired. <laughs> I'm uh, both Ivory. I'm a little more ivory. I do. I do feel it a bit. It hasn't hit me very hard, or at least yet. Knock on wood. But yeah, my family got it over the uh, Easter holiday. There, we we didn't. <laughs> we rose again, but we rose with uh, with COVID. Ugh. Yeah. Hopefully. But uh, yeah, so far Hopefully. so good. This is how out of it I am. I just feel like we probably need to make excuses for this show from the start, which is probably a good idea, just in general. Just because you never know how it's going to go. Yeah. But this is how out of it I've been. Um, Yesterday, I I got up early. I had to run the kids around and work's been busy. I didn't get a lot of sleep and finally got the kids where they needed to be. And I was driving by McDonald's and I thought, I've earned a treat. So I'm going to go get an Egg McMuffin. And so I get my, I love those Egg McMuffins. I do. (laughs) So I get my Egg McMuffin and... (laughs) Pay for it. I drive, start to drive home. There's a little parking lot, um, not the McDonald's parking lot, but a, another one. I thought, I'm just going to pull in there and instead of shoving this down my face while I'm driving, I'm going to take five, 10 minutes for myself and enjoy this Egg McMuffin. We all do it. <laughs> I pull into the parking spot and I go to reach for the bag to get my food. And there's no bag and there's no food because what I did was. I went to McDonald's, ordered an Egg McMuffin, paid for an Egg McMuffin, and then just fucking drove off. Oh, God. That's how dumb I am now. 
Did you go back? Yeah, I went back. Yeah, I wasn't far away. And <laughs> I, I don't even have it together enough to feel embarrassed. I, I just don't care. And so but I walk in there and I'm thinking, how, how am I going to explain this, though? And uh, this old lady is there. And she looks at me and she says, Egg McMuffin. I was like, yeah, I don't know what happened. And she hands it to me. That's good. <laughs> she kept it warm for you. She did. It was very good. <laughs> yeah. But enough about that. I, I want to announce that I believe I beat you again. Oh, yeah. Uh, I think you did. I tried to push the poll to like later in the month to see if we got more uh, votes, but that was the same three or four okay. people. <laughs> you got the blind share. Yeah. Yeah. So congrats <laughs> to Sturgill Simpson. Uh, yeah, I can't uh, can't be uh, too pissed about that. Great, great guy. Yeah. Although I did do an entire bonus episode on Leonard Cohen, trying to make that push, but so be it. Congrats to you and Leonard Cohen because <laughs> you did a bonus episode about him, which I enjoyed. So I think from time to time, we've talked about when the spirit moves, we might do something like that, either you by yourself or me by myself. We're both very famous, successful solo podcasters. Solo artists. So maybe yeah. we'll slip in a bonus every now and then for you guys. But if you haven't checked it out or you didn't see it, listen to Ryan talk about Leonard Cohen. It was, I learned a lot and it was very interesting and well done. So thanks, Ryan. Yeah. It's, I, th- I feel like sometimes when uh, I do selects on here, we like to keep it in the lane, keep it on the theme. And um, some guys deserve a little bit more. Even what I wanted to like re look at in him. Um, went back through a book that I had purchased before and just like picked out a couple of things that kind of humanize him a bit. Cause he, he's one of those guys. That's the thing. Like he's a hard guy to access, you know, he's he a little, he's a little uh, heavy. Yeah. <laughs> so it was cool to like spend a little extra time in there. Not too much, but a little 40 minute episode there in the feed. I'll definitely do it again when the mood strikes me and clay will as well. But mm-hmm. What's important is our little duet that we do here. And uh, that's the main project here. Nicely done. Yeah. So we're going to talk about duets this episode. Yeah. This one was fun. I think I always have a hard time picking a song. And, and a lot of times it's because there are so many that are exciting to me that I want to talk about. Can't decide which one. This time it was hard for me because I didn't want to talk about any of these songs that I could think of. <laughs> Just being honest. I don't know why. I mean, there are a lot of duets that I like, but I didn't feel like I had that one that I really wanted to dig into. But I actually found I found like a lot of songs. I was like, oh, I like the this one, but it's it's a harmony. It's not a duet. I was trying trying to figure out that kind of idea. Um, So it's a type of song more than a than a grouping. I had the exact same experience, basically. There were I, I had a couple songs in mind I was excited about doing and. But then I realized it wasn't a true duet. It was more of a harmony thing, two people singing together the entire time. Hmm. And a true duet is you're taking turns being the leader of the song. Mm-hmm. In my mind, and I know this isn't true, but like the, the quintessential duet is a man and a woman. And that's, right. that's not a, any real definition. That's just what is in my brain. One thing I thought about doing was run the jewels because I've been listening to them a lot. Yeah. But, and that would be, that would meet the definition of a duet because it's, well, I mean, sometimes they have a guest, but it's mostly, it's a rap group, a rap duo. It's two guys. Mm -hmm. And, but that doesn't feel like 
a duet to me. I, somehow that just seems different. Yeah, yeah, I don't know if it, I, it is. Or I'm the same counts. way there too. Like, yeah, it's when there's two singers in a band. Do you, I guess it's a duet depending on how they sing it. But yeah, it's tricky with rap and stuff too because there's a lot of guest spots and stuff like that. And I when does it? When is it just a group? And when is it like a posse track or? With rap, they usually say a duo, a rap duo. That's very common in it. Whereas duet seems to come into more pop or country, like two big singers with established careers getting together and a star is born. That's all. I think. <laughs> That's what I think. Exactly. Yeah. I, yeah, I think in rap, it's so common for there to be more than one person mm-hmm. doing the lead vocals or to, to trade verses. Yeah. Uh, that it doesn't seem like that's a proper duet. It just seems like that's part of rap yeah and yeah. maybe sometimes it's just two people and so it technically would be a duet by the definitions that you and i researched heavily by googling <laughs> reading the first paragraph of wikipedia but yeah, yeah. i didn't feel right either to me so I, I went away from that but it's funny it seems so obvious when you just say eh, duets everyone knows what a duet is but mm. one fun thing about this for me is it forces you to actually think about <laughs> uh, maybe a deeper level what, what does that really mean and yeah uh, it's not as simple sometimes as it seems at first. Yeah, for sure. I do. I did actually uh, line up five that I found that are definitely duets. I would consider these ones duets because uh, the trade-off, it's, it's not singing harmony on each other. So my high five today, and I actually made it kind of fun here because it's a Canada-US duets. Good. And it's, <laughs> as I compiled them and went through them and looked through the ones that have charted and everything, all these have charted too, which is crazy because some of them are pretty, well, you'll see. Uh, I, I believe they kind of, the pairings go progressively worse here. So we can bang through these now here, get a kind of vibe. But I was thinking we could turn this into a game too. Maybe between the two of us, we figure out which one of our countries oh, good. won out in this one in each, in each uh, duet here. Sounds good to me. That sound like fun? Sounds fun. All right, so I'll say the name of uh, each person involved and uh, the city they're from. So from Toronto, Ontario, Canada, for this first one, you got My Girl Peaches. And from Muskega, Michigan, you got Mr. Iggy Pop. So this one I like, actually. This is a song called Kick It from Peaches' Father Fucker album, 2003. Do you know Peaches at all? Uh, Only... By name and by name, yeah. I mean, I've I kind of know a little bit about Peaches and what, what that's about, but I don't know the music. She's pretty iconic in Canada. We dig mm-hmm. her. She's kind of our like, uh, well, you'll hear her. she's kind of a squawky punk. Let's kick it. right away we're kind of breaking out that doesn't sound like a duet does it it's a very much back and forth call and response yeah uh, but uh, they're not trading verses they're trading lines i guess but trading lines yeah but that works that's a duet i think and uh, i'm a big uh iggy pop stooges kick lately so this one just popped up um 
popped up pun intended there i think peaches takes this one for me just because it's it's kind of more her song and he's like this is like iggy pop you know when he was looks like beef jerky and he just comes in as like a guest spot kind of guy yeah um beef jerky that's in good shape though yeah yeah very good sure. shape yeah i'm with you this feels like peaches song to me because i'm such a yeah. peaches expert <laughs> well i think she's like a huge fan she says like you said search and destroy and like it's all she's basically it's, you can just see her kind of fan fangirling out to iggy That's and cool he's though. just yeah i think he tells her to go fuck her pain away and uh you gotta watch cutting yourself and stuff like that like you know he's just kind of <laughs> so bestowing his knowledge back onto her the elder statesman <laughs> we're both giving it to peaches one for canada all right next up we got from brownsville tennessee Miss Tina Turner with our boy, the rest of the, the God himself from Vancouver, British Columbia, Brian Adams. I have toured with the Rolling Stones, Rod Stewart, Lionel Richie. I've done something else. With a, a guy from Canada. We did a song together called It's Only Love. Ron Adams! Now I think they must have piped in the chair there. Because <laughs> I don't know. Rolling Stones, Rod St- our man Rod Stewart, Lionel Richie, and then some guy from Canada. <laughs> I'm going to skip ahead to their verses. That guitar tone Brian Adams has is the worst. That digital hollow. Oh, yeah. Can't stand it. Even live, it sounds like garbage. You're right, it does. It sounds like those, um, I guess he's got a flange on it the whole time, but it sounds like, you know those dollar store tubes that you like turn the... Yeah. Sounds like it's played through one of those or something. I don't know. Yeah. Never been a fan of Brian Adams' tone. But uh, let's just play the verses here. We'll see. I imagine that's his lead guitarist. I don't think that's him. Maybe it is. I know. What do you think? It was a big hit, right? Yeah, it was a big hit. It's kind of a shame about Brian Adams because you're right. His guitar tone sucks. I think his singing voice sucks. <laughs> but he actually could write pretty good songs. Yeah, yeah. I will give him that. Yeah. If you had a different, if you had a different voice and guitar sound, it, who knows? He could have been a real legend. But <laughs> he made enough money, so it's fine. Yeah, trying to be soulful, but it's kind of like a child singing. He's trying to sound like a soulful adult, and it just can't quite get there. It's not terrible, but it does not move you in any way. Yeah, yeah. So we'll, we'll give this one to Tina. Obviously, Let's give it to Tina. I mean, Tina Turner. She knows how to battle. Yeah, yeah. 
All right. So like I said, getting progressively worse in my opinion, but who knows, maybe you dig this stuff, but I'm going to move on to the felon section here. (laughs) Not all felons, but from Ottawa, Ontario, you got Paul Anka, the uh, puppy love man himself. And from Gary, Indiana, Michael Jackson, Jacko is coming in here. This is, uh, this is it. Do you remember this is it? Do you remember the whole thing? His last concert idea album thing that he rehearsed and wrote I some don't songs? Think, no, I think I missed out on this. Yeah. I, the only reason I would have heard it, I think, was just because it was played a lot because of the Anka thing. He's kind of a darling around here. And I, I don't mind Paul Anka for what he is, old school crooner kind of mm-hmm. dude. Um, but he wrote this song for Jackson and uh, they perform it together as a duet. Now, I don't know if that was the original intention or if this was put together posthumous when he passed on because that whole album kind of, I think it was based on like a tour that was happening. I don't know. I'm not a big Jacko guy, but anyway, this is a Canadian and an American together. This is it. Ready? One, two, Sanitary Jacko here. Yeah. Steps. I'm going to jump ahead to Paul. Get some classy croon in here. Here I stand with the light of the world up your ground. Endless love I can feel. And I know, yes, for sure, this is real. It honestly sounds like an SNL skit to me. It's Will Ferrell or something. (laughs) I don't know. I'm not into this style. If this is it. Maybe he checked out at the right time. Uh, I don't know. It doesn't have that. It doesn't have that edge that I like with the, the Jackson that I like. Um, but he has a lot of stuff like this. <laughs> let's be honest. Oh, he does. It sounds like late solo Michael Jackson to me, where it is very clean and just feels kind of generic, and all the soul is gone. Mm. That that yeah, hearing him sing that first verse, it could uh, easily fit into that period of the catalog. I think. I will hand it to MJ, I think, over Paul here. Paul felt yeah. very stilted and awkward to me. Yeah. He definitely is his age is showing there. Yeah. <laughs> like he's got a couple of years on Jacko. Sure. Yeah. Uh, I will agree. Yep. So, so far. Well, thank God. What would we do if there's a tie? <laughs> I don't know what. Harmony. Flip the coin. <laughs> Well, let's see what happens next year because we're moving on to this is the real felon, <laughs> not alleged. Well, it's still alleged, but he's a scumbag. <laughs> um, from Charlemagne, Quebec, we have uh, Miss Celine Dion. And from Chicago, Illinois, the uh, currently incarcerated, let's hope he stays that way. Please. Uh, the garbage human known as R. R. Kelly. 
know what R stands for? <laughs> what? I don't know. Rapist, maybe? I don't know. <laughs> that's a guess. I don't know. Yeah. I've never seen it unpacked. It's always just R dot, right? And that's right. the name of this album that this is from, actually, R dot. Mm. And this song is called I'm Your Angel. <sighs> just wave wave at me if we need to t- turn this off, because I am subjecting you to some uh, some crap here. I'm not excited about this collaboration. <laughs> I can tell you that. <laughs> Can we just skip yeah. to a little R. Kelly and then be okay. done? Okay. I feel like I need to hear them both. I think that was him in the background. Huh. Oh. oh, here he is. And then you see the morning will come and every day will be bright as the sun. Yeah, that's enough. Okay, if you separate the man from the voice, like, what do you think of that voice? I, I've never really... All I can think of, I believe I can fly from the Space Jam. That's the only R. Kelly I can think of. I know he did a bunch of stuff with Jay-Z too, but I've always skipped that shit. I know that he did. <laughs> there was a trilogy of songs that were something about a closet or being locked in a closet. Oh, right. Remember that music like Because the right? music video is legitimately one of the funniest things I've ever seen. Yes, I haven't yeah. watched it in 15 years, but it's absolutely hilarious. And it feels like a parody because yeah. he's trying to tell a story through his it's like a bad musical almost which yeah musicals are pretty bad anyway no i remember actually in when i lived in toronto there was like and he was he would have still been like alleged at that point but it didn't get as progressed as it has since the documentary came out and revealed a lot more about him uh but they, they did like the hipster the projecting the movies in the park and one of the nights they played the in the closet extended mix or whatever. Oh, yeah. the, it was a thing for hipsters to watch and make fun of like the room or something like that, you know? Yeah. It's incredible. And actually I, I'd like to go back and see it again. Now if yeah, anybody out there hadn't seen it, it's, it's extremely funny. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Celine Dion for me, she's maybe that maybe she's one of the, the widest gaps between intellectually understanding that she is extremely good at what she does and actually enjoying it at all like i know she's a she's an amazing singer i hate listening to her sing yeah it just feels everything feels contrived with her even like like we especially visually when you watch her she doesn't have good stage presence and she kind of is notorious for that like the way she beats her chest and like emotes she just looks meek and looks like she's trying she's yeah just doesn't have that you know that star quality in that sense. But um, I find her voice just to be really dull too. It's, yeah, it's grating. There's, it's technically, I think, very impressive, but yeah. it's nothing that I want in a singer to actually convey emotion. There's no soul, like we were talking about with our man, Brian Adams. Something about Canada, maybe. I don't know, <laughs> right? But She's never cut it for in the pop sense for me. I've never found yeah. any of her stuff to be hooky or earworms other than it being annoying, the near, far, wherever you are and all that stuff. It just sticks in your head because it's obnoxious, you know? Yeah. Maybe that's the biggest problem is the songs are just, they're awful. They're boring as shit. Yeah. 
for sure. Well, it only gets worse. Number five. Mm. Yes. Uh, here's a man who knows how to deliver a hook from Hannah, Alberta. Mr. Chad Kroger. Oh. Nickelback. And from Memphis, Tennessee, a little man named Josie Scott. This is from the Spider-Man soundtrack. The song is called Hero. Oh. Now, <laughs> I'm just going to precurse this. I know I have to play it because I've already established that that's what I do with these things. But the thing that I find funny about this duet is these two fuckers sound exactly the same. <laughs> like, I had no idea it was two guys singing it until I saw the stupid video. <laughs> What's the point? Yeah. Exactly. So anyway, let's listen to the two of them. See if you can tell the difference. It just sounds like he clears his throat a little bit and then... <laughs> It's like it's like me with COVID and then me without COVID. <laughs> I'm so high, I can hear ever. I'm so high, I can hear ever. Clay is just mean mugging me. I, this, I, yeah, I can't take this. I've finally done it. I finally brought Chad Kroger's voice into North by South. <laughs> so bad. This song is so bad. And maybe it's the, you know, the culmination of this awful list you've put together. But <laughs> it's, this, this is going to be cutting room floor, isn't it? <laughs> no, we'll see. These rock songs that go for these, to me, it's kind of like the Creed uh mm. uplifting moment all of a yeah. sudden where it's just gonna soar and which when that actually works is one of my favorite things in music but this <laughs> this is not that it doesn't work at all yeah uh, just like okay well, let's get to josie scott here josie scott is of course of the band uh the fuck are they called was it three three doors down no <laughs> I don't know. Uh, one of those other bands that sounds like Nickelback. Right. Someone told me love will all save us. But how can that be? Look what love gave us. I guess it's a little bit of a different timbre. But... It's a little different. All right, I'll stop. Yeah, I don't know who that is. I don't like it. I don't ever want to hear that again. <laughs> You're right. But the, yeah, why would you pick two singers that are that similar for a duet? Yeah. It's the purpose, right? That's what I think. Yeah. But uh, anyway, this song was huge, like, I guess because of the movie it was in. But it, here it was it was number one in mainstream and in alternative, which <laughs> which I found funny because it just shows that there is no fucking alternative at this <laughs> right. point. Uh, yeah. Alternative to to, like how can you be number one in alternative and mainstream that just makes no sense but whatever that's yeah. the way it worked uh, <laughs> maybe Josie was his verse was alternative and Chad was mainstream I don't know Josie and Chad who the fuck are we talking about here okay are right, we going to give it to either of them I think we should just uh, no one wins watch. no one wins this round <laughs> we no all lose for yeah, we're all losers here every single one of us yeah, okay. you can guide us out of this horrible duet <laughs> examples that i've dumped upon us all yeah the first one was good peaches Paul. yeah the first 
first couple weren't too bad. And then boy, did it go downhill. Those last two particularly. That was rough business. So let's get into my select for the month. Why not? That'll be fun. All right. I think what, I want to do something a little different this time. One of the goals I have for this podcast is to get you, Rye, and maybe some of the listeners out there to appreciate some music you might dismiss as being this indie rock, this pretentious, weird, just to be weird, bullshit. Mm-hmm. It just doesn't work for you. So Andrew Bird, I'm a, I'm a huge fan of Andrew Bird. Do you know him? Do you have any feelings about Andrew Bird? I can't say I know the name. Okay. Okay. Well, that's good. So you're going yeah. in with a clear mind, open yeah. eyes, clear heart, whatever it is. Um, I love yeah. Andrew Bird. He's from Chicago, Illinois. And he started out, he's an amazing violin player. He started out with the Squirrel Nut Zippers, which is... Jesus. Uh, <laughs> say what you want to say, right? <laughs> no, no. <it's, laughs> hey, keep going. Squirrel Nut Zippers. Yeah, sounds like a good name. You, okay, you don't know them? No. Okay. They're, they had a big hit in America. It was kind of a old-timey, I don't know how to describe it. I didn't like it. And I assume this is a band that I hate. So, okay. you know, if you reject that band, that's fine. Although if I revisited them now, I wonder if I might like them. But he was the violin player and then he went solo. And in the beginning, he started out as um, playing kind of retro music, old timey fiddle driven music. Um, and then he progressed to play probably what would be called indie rock. It's, it's very singer songwriter, a little folky at time, okay. a little Irish influences. It's rock music. It's, it's all those things kind of combined, but he's a big deal in America in, in that kind of a scene, the indie rock scene, the singer songwriter thing. Okay. And I love him. Uh, my favorite album by him is uh, mysterious production of eggs. And see that's again with his lyrics. <laughs> My wife doesn't like him. She <laughs> likes some of his songs, but she thinks he's too pretentious. And yeah, I can tell. Every picture that you see of him, it, it looks like uh, he looks like an author, kind of. Okay. So there's some okay. things that you might not like, but he's okay. an incredibly talented guy. He, he plays guitar and fiddle and violin and has a great singing voice. And so he did a duet with someone else from the sort of indie art rock world who is named saint vincent okay her real name is annie clark yeah and maybe this is where you can help me because i realize that i don't know as much about her as i should she i think she's won several grammys she's become a huge deal yeah she's real hot shit now very good guitarist like yeah um yeah indie styling but very rock uh I can't say I'm too familiar with her. I know she's very active in like the cover scenes and stuff like that. I know she was on that like big Metallica cover thing. She did a really cool. Oh yeah. One of those covers. Um, that's recently that I've seen her, but yeah, I've heard a couple of her tunes. She's catchy. The Jack White of women. I don't know. Maybe. <laughs> is that a good explanation? I don't know. I, I need to dig into her more. What I've heard is very cool. And I like, she's insanely talented. She has a great voice. She's done a lot of stuff with, with David Byrne. I knew her better than I, I do. And I'll, I'll fix that at some point. And listeners, 
let me know where I should, where I should go with St. Vincent, if you know better than I do. But I wanted to play a song that was a, a man and a woman trading verses. The, the true definition of a duet is I, for some reason, decided it. Yeah. And, uh, so this is a song called Lusitania by Andrew Bird and St. Vincent. If you loosen love a little, you keep sinking all my ships. Oh, then you're the one who sank my loose tank. But somehow. Don't register his pain at all Till it finds a crooked vein He should have us not remember the main Oh pretty easy listening kind of tune i love the production on this the the drums i like that drum fill in the very beginning that gets you into the the first verse the bass sounds great i guess that's a upright bass an acoustic bass right yeah it sounds like uh and the, the drums sound very uh like not single mic'd but like room sound yeah and those guitar acoustic guitar strums are very present as well it feels to me like all the instruments kind of get their moment to shine i love his singing voice i just realized that there is no violin on this song which is kind of his main <laughs> thing yeah uh and he has a lot of different kind of music he, on every album there's like one or two songs that sound kind of like this where it's kind of a singer songwriter folksy kind of pretty song mm-hmm. um we have to talk about well First, I'll stop and get your first impression, right? Yeah, uh, music, musically, I'm I'm liking it for sure. Same stuff you were saying there. I like the production sound of it. Um, his voice isn't really doesn't have the character that I like. It does sound very. <laughs> it's what I predicted he would kind of sound like when you st- with the uh, preamble that you gave. So far, I want to hear uh, Saint Vincent though. I'm waiting for the girl because I can hear her creeping in there. I'm like, ooh, I like her voice it's sounding. <laughs> Yeah, you might like the second verse more. <laughs> but I'm a big female vocal when it comes to folky stuff. Like, yeah, that's my wheelhouse more than guys. The guys I like are usually the ones that people don't really like. Like, I like the really character voices in that style. And they have like a very just unique voice for my male vocalists in, in folk kind of leaning stuff. When it's smooth like this, I don't know. Maybe I just have to uh, let it in a bit more, but. Yeah, I, I lean more towards the female vocals in this style is what I'm saying. From the beginning of this podcast, I thought we would disagree more than we have. 
Yeah. I know that we agree on a lot of music, but it's kind of funny that I can't get into the metal stuff mostly because of the vocals. Yeah. And I think that's what bothers you the most about the sort of indie rock stuff it that is. I like. And where to yeah. me, like his voice just sounds beautiful. I love it. And mm. and I'm sure on the metal side, you think and you're I'm sure you're right. These are great vocal metal performances that to me just totally turn me off. So, yeah. you know, a lot of it just comes down to preference. And, but I do think you'll like uh, St. Vincent's uh, next verse because you love the ladies. I do love it. Yeah, and I don't know if it's a bit of that. Maybe when it is a sweeter voice like that, I want to kind of fall in love with it a bit. Maybe I'm just such a masculine hetero man that I just can't, yeah. you know, <laughs> the metal dude. I just can't handle it. You can't handle it. You, <laughs> the brain wants to like it, and then your dick is looking at you like dude <laughs> but i do like i i can tell he has a, a, a like i can tell there's a beautiful timbre in there but um i don't know maybe there's some there's some weird shit in here that we probably have to figure out with with a uh, psychologist but <laughs> yeah well and he sings it's it's almost a little operatic a little over yeah. the top maybe and which does not always work for me but it definitely does with the right kind of music but before we move on, before I hit play again, when you talk about Andrew Bird, you have to talk about whistling. Mm-hmm. He He's a great whistler and people love the way he whistles. <laughs> and I've heard him talk about, I started playing violin when I was four years old. I practiced constantly. I still practice constantly. And then, you know, when I was an adult, I just whistled. And all anybody wants to talk about is whistling and not my violin which is kind of he was being funny but would be a little bit frustrating maybe uh he's such a great whistler that did you ever see the muppets movie that came out with, uh it was by uh it was written starring um the jason single one thank you yeah, yeah. Uh, did. and at the very end there's the there's the muppet who's kind of the main character of the this movie and he doesn't have a talent to participate in this talent show right and then in the end, he goes out and he does this whistling that's incredible and blows everyone away. That that is Andrew Burr doing. The oh, whistling. okay. <laughs> he's, a, cool. he's a famous whistler. He just lives up to his name, doesn't he? Yeah, like, it's funny. That's his real name. That is a real <laughs> name. All right, so let's let's hear some whistling. Got the theremin in there, harmonizing with them. Right, it's very indie. <laughs> it's very indie, but yeah, I, all theremins and xylophones in the chorus. You know, you got your little Radiohead bleeps and bloops. I don't know what that was in the background of the chorus. We'll hear it again. Uh, but the whistling, it's it's pretty, and it, it's kind of a gimmick. Well, maybe it's his trick, but it's not on every song it, it, you'll hear it you know maybe three or four songs in each album but it's just like another solo instrument and another way to uh, put the melody across is it easier to whistle when you i'm just thinking like i was a violin player that's what i was about to say 
would it be easy to do that in that position? I know it's impossible to sing like that. I know that even like uh, Rick Danko, when he plays, he always plays like in a position down on low because he's singing the whole time. And that's kind of an old school, like bluegrass style when you're playing fiddle. You play mm-hmm. down there because you're usually singing a harmony as well. And it's easier to, you know, have the prop because you're, you're jacked up like that, right? Right. But maybe, uh, it maybe, maybe it's easy to whistle. Maybe you just maybe it's easy to whistle. Blow into the F hole there. And... Yeah. I think Andrew Bird does live. Because again, he plays guitar, he sings, he whistles, he plays violin, and it's really cool to watch. And it, maybe it is kind of a gimmick as well, but it it works. It's cool and it sounds good, most importantly. But he'll have a band, but sometimes he'll do a solo thing where he records himself. So he'll play like the guitar riff, he'll record it, and then play it back on a loop. He'll play something on the fiddle, the violin, and then play that he'll he'll do a little whistle like a little melody and he'll play something on the guitar and then he, he just builds this song on stage in front of your eyes and then once he has kind of like these three or four or five main little tracks down then he plays and sings over that and uh, cool pretty yeah. impressive and, and yeah it sounds great and it's pretty fun to watch that's not what the whole show is but he'll do that right one song or something oh that's cool yeah, yeah. that's almost i've seen buskers do that yeah, mm-hmm. um, it's like kind of a street musician track. Yeah, it's exactly. like a one man. It's like a modern version of the one man band, I guess. That's right. Yeah, it's cool. With the looper pedal. All right, let's let a lady sing. Yeah, let's get her in here. The, let's. Men need to shut up and listen to the women. <laughs> Where's my girl? First, I just want to say that whenever anyone says something dumb, I personally am all about some shame, whether it's me, others. I mean, let's let's try not to be dumb. But, you know, it's not about the lyrics that much this time, guys. Andrew Bird does have some great lyrics. A lot of it is maybe a little pretentious, a little uh, a little obtuse, a little bit hard to really understand what he's talking about i'm sure it has some deep meaning to him and right most of the time i don't really care to figure out what he's singing about there are some <laughs> uh, and, and if i didn't make it clear this is an andrew bird song off an andrew bird album right called lusitania um so that's why i'm talking about him more and i also obviously know a lot more about him than than saint vincent but what did you think about her vocals i think i kind of i might have figured it out i might have figured it out clay i might figure out why i like women vocals bar because they naturally <clears throat> sorry my my voice is jacked of course oh, COVID's got you COVID's got me but uh when your man's singing there like it sounds like he's launching into that voice to to get to that level like he's doing it very well he, mm-hmm. it's very pretty and everything but 
there's a thing when it's like more their natural voice there's more character that comes in there's little fluctuations that are natural into like the lower registers while they're in the high and like her voice is great it's definitely it's full it's got all this character in it um yeah it just sounds more natural um whereas your man sounds like he's singing yeah you can you feel like you're hearing the effort there and by the way yeah we don't have to agree you're not gonna hurt my feelings no 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 I don't know what you actually think you, you're uh, you're tra- you've said that you're trying to push my buttons here so i'm glad well, yeah, a little bit. A little yeah. Bit. also just share some stuff i enjoy but yeah i wanted to hear how you would react to a song like this so yeah give me the real the straight dope as they say yeah <laughs> well i'm uh, first of all i'm disappointed that i'm not hearing his fiddle playing like if you set it up that way i'm uh, i can always play you another one (laughs) Uh, maybe i'll go back and listen to the uh the hairy squirrel nuts or whatever the fuck is that's right hairy squirrel nuts yeah he's a great fiddle player i violent if other than like the main rock instruments yeah really other than like guitar and drums if i could be amazing at any instrument it would be the violin it's it's a beautiful instrument it is again we're not going to hear today guys but it's (laughs) It's cool too because then, like, you just play it with a on a country song, and now you're playing the fiddle. You know, you play. You got two instruments in one. Yeah, exactly. Just a different style. It changes the name of the instrument. Never understood that, but <laughs> yeah. All right, let's go. chorus the um kind of symbol swells um the way they kind of build the moment there even though it is a pretty smooth laid-back kind of song there's still some dynamics uh yeah and the lusitania was a boat that sunk i think at some point i don't know if you guys ever heard of that one but was that like world war one the lusitania lusitania i think it was a uh that was in Ireland or a UK boat or something like that. That okay. um, German. We could have done an episode on boats, and I could have done the wreck of the great the Fitzgerald there from oh, Gordon Lightfoot. Yeah. <laughs> could have saved that for that. Yeah, I'm. I'm glad you picked uh, a traditional, in the sense of a man and woman singing, because mm-hmm. that's originally what I was going to do too. Mm-hmm. I do associate duets mostly with that male female dynamic. I do too. And I mean, that's obviously not where it has to be, but I landed there. I was trying to get something that maybe people hadn't heard or, and that would challenge you, or at least I could get your opinions on that uh, was still very much a proper duet in the most obvious ways. Mm-hmm. All right. So Rye, I want to try something out now, similar to what you just did <laughs> earlier in this episode. 
But so it's Clay's high three. Are you gonna listen to the rest of the Spider-Man soundtrack? You could play some Dashboard Confessional. <laughs> I want to play some more Ghosty <laughs> Scott or whatever the fuck that was. No, I don't. No, but I was thinking about duets and specifically uh, a certain type of duet, which seems prevalent and is perhaps the most obvious choice for a duet, even though it ends up being hokey. And that's why there wasn't one that I had as my select for a song that I enjoy. What I'm talking about are duets where it's it's two people who come from different worlds. They have opposing views. All right. And they decide they're going to hash it out in song form. <laughs> and they're either, they're going to work things out or, or just give up. Like, so I guess, <laughs> I guess maybe the very first one was, uh, let's call the whole thing off, which I right. love that title. Cause they're just like, fuck it. We don't agree. Yeah. But you say tomato, I say tomato. Yeah. Fuck it. We don't agree. That's how that song goes. Yeah, <laughs> verbatim. <laughs> Those are the, yeah, quote. Ah, go fuck yourself. <laughs> you say potato wrong. <laughs> but so I, I put together three examples of that type of a song. None of which are very good, but <laughs> that I want to play so we can think about this particular style of duet. And uh, I'm going to start with one that I think in a lot of ways could be the theme song for North by South. Oh. Let's see if you might agree. I'm a little bit country. I'm a little bit rock and roll. I'm a little bit of Memphis and Nashville. With a little bit of Motown in my soul. I don't know if it's good or bad. But I know I love it so. I'm a little bit country. And I'm a little bit rock and roll. So you got Donnie Osmond on one side. I'm a bit Mormon. Yep. She's a little bit Mormon. She's country, like me. I'm just a simple country boy from down south. You, right? Is that us? I'm the rocker? I mean, you've got a podcast about Black Sabbath, which is pretty rock <laughs> and roll. They, they, they do fall in that genre, do they not? So maybe I'm a little bit country and you're a little bit rock and roll. Either way, this song is not good. <laughs> Don- <laughs> Marie does her job. It's kind of a sweet little ditty, and she sounds okay. Uh, Donnie has some moments on this song. Let me see if I can find it. He's just... Or he just yeah, comes on way too strong. He always comes on too strong. <laughs> and uh, I remember being 10 years old, I think, and hearing this song and thinking, you're not rock and roll. <laughs> uh, you don't have to be old to figure that one out. Uh, there's actually a there's a marie osmond solo album that i've been trying to track down and listen to it this country record that she did it's great she sounds amazing she's not a bad singer at all no. um, he is just a fucking he is a fucking ham man. though Jeez. yeah such a goof and it really does seem like a sister and a brother trying to do something together and the brother has just got to like outshine the sister and like push her back and be like i'm gonna sing louder and and get more attention than you yeah it sounds like an snl sketch it sounds like uh dana carvey coming in there yeah <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah okay so that song sucks but you know if it didn't suck maybe it would be a theme song for north by south well we can do a cover 
we'll should. wait for the covers episode and we'll do a cover of that. There's bound to be a covers episode. <laughs> There's bound to be. Okay. And the <laughs> next song we've already touched on at the very beginning of the episode, but oh. <laughs> let me play this one for you guys. See if you've ever heard it. all heard it no reason to play it for too long <laughs> i was thinking about this song and it's not good i think we all could probably agree on that it's a very cheesy song but imagine if you heard before this song came out this song came out in 1982 imagine that you heard that paul mccartney who has written you know at least half of the greatest pop songs on piano of all time and mm-hmm. he's teaming up with stevie wonder who wrote the rest of the best <laughs> pop songs on piano. Yeah. And it's called Ebony and Ivory. Like it, it, they're very focused on the piano here. You would think this is going to be the best thing I've ever heard in my, my life. Yeah. Your mind is going to be blown. <laughs> and I mean, I guess I was alive in 82, but I was three years old. So yeah. Imagine you're alive at that time. You're not a dumb baby. You would, you would be, <laughs> beside yourself with excitement and then you get this <laughs> piano you can't even really hear the piano it's mostly just sounds like it's got that terrible synth like and he went yeah he went full on with the was it the moog or whatever when it came out and then those like probably that same when he used for that fucking christmas song that blows your head up every year oh god it's probably around the same time right paul mccartney and stevie wonder I'm a huge Stevie Wonder fan. So, and, so am I, yeah. And this just uh, this didn't work out. And the this idea has none of none of his vibe is in this whatsoever either, Stevie. None. No, it couldn't be any more white. <laughs> it's all it's all all ivory, no ebony. It's all ivory. It's one of those like, yeah. And it's definitely a Casio, it sounds like. Yeah. <laughs> and I mean, their hearts are in the right place, but yeah, it's just such a simplistic way to look at a very complex issue. Black people and white people coming together, solving the problem of racism uh, in a song that sucks and doesn't solve anything. This next one is from... Sets us, sets us back another hundred years. <laughs> yeah, actually just sets us back. This one's by far the worst of the three today. This is a song off Brad Paisley's album, it's called Wheelhouse, I think. Who cares? And <laughs> it features LL Cool J. Oh, dear. Have you heard this song? No, I haven't. It was it was a single. I can't say it was a hit, but I don't know what year it came out. I don't out. think I've heard a Brad Paisley song before, to be honest. I get him and, I get him and Keith Urban mixed up. They're but, so similar because, but I both- also kind of sometimes like I'll be like, oh, Keith Urban's all right though. Like, so sometimes I, because what I've seen of him, he like can play guitar and he's got cool telecasters and stuff. Um, but I, I associate them <laughs> same camp as you should because they're they're so similar. They're hugely popular modern country artists who are both incredible guitar players. Like just technically speaking, they're both very talented guitar players. And they make music that 
is horrible and sounds like shit. And I never want to hear, I was going to say no one wants to hear it, but yeah, everyone wants to hear it because they're very uh, popular. And this song in particular was a, just a bad idea. So from Brad Paisley and LL Cool J, this is Accidental Racist. Yeah. Oh, dear. To the man that waited on me At the Starbucks down on Main I hope you understand When I put on that t-shirt The only thing I meant to say Is I'm a Skinnerd fan so I'm going to have to object to that. Speaking of theme songs for podcast. Yeah. Did I, hopefully I didn't get my podcast mixed up here. <laughs> Maybe should have played this on the other one, but some of you might know I do a Leonard Skinner podcast and uh, Brad Paisley's point here is that he loves Leonard Skinner. So he's wearing a Skinner shirt with the Confederate flag on it. A right. Symbol that was often used by Skinner. I'm not going to get into that here. I've got an <laughs> entire podcast about it. Yeah. That'll but, be a bonus episode on Clay's amazing podcast, Skinner Reconsidered. Thank you, Ryan. Uh, but Brad... I, I know you want to say it. <laughs> yeah. Was, <laughs> I'll say it for you. On, so say it, so say it. <laughs> yeah, Brad, there are ways to be a Skinner fan without wearing the Confederate flag on your shirt. Confederate flag, which has come to mean... It's come to serve as a racist image, a symbol to a lot of people for, I think, pretty obvious reasons. Uh, so mm. you can love Skinner all day long, just like this guy does, and not offend somebody down at the Starbucks. Uh, this is only the beginning of just... <laughs> but is he saying that the guy naked in his coffee, too? Is it like... That's what it sounded like, right? He said... All, all I can a surmise... Barista. <laughs> yeah, all I can surmise is that I think probably what happened in his head for this song was because it's not LL, wasn't? Yeah, no, 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 no. Lattes. <laughs> <laughs> Ladies love lattes. Uh, I think he might have, unfortunately for Brad Paisley, he encountered a African American barista at the Starbucks while he had a Skinner shirt on, and uh, maybe his barista didn't like that, and he said, <laughs> "Look, man, I'm gonna write you a song, uh, an apology song where." <laughs> I make excuses and I was just, I'm just a Skinner fan, man. Don't worry about the Confederate flag. I love you. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do a song with a, with a black man himself. He's gonna I got black friends. LL. Yeah, I, He's on my label. Listen, my agent knows a black person. I'm not racist. Yeah. Accidental racist. That's Accidental. you didn't even have to play the song and I was already cringing. Yeah. And this is the last one. I'm going to have to play a little more of this. And you need right. to hear LL. We got to get to LL. So when I see that white cowboy hat, I'm thinking it's not all good. I guess we're both guilty of judging the cover, not the book. I'd love to buy you a beer, conversate and clear the air. But I see that red flag and I think you wish I wasn't here. If you don't judge my two-rack, I won't judge your red flag. That's the worst line in the song, right? <laughs> Where he says, if you forget about the gold chain, 
I'll forget about the iron chains. Yeah. But he's equating a fashion Too soon, LL. Yeah. Wearing a gold (laughs) chain around your neck, which is just a necklace and has never hurt anyone. And he's comparing that to uh, enslaving an entire race of people. Uh, Did did Kanye ghostwrite this for him? (laughs) Sounds like a Kanye line. (laughs) Man, Kanye would not dare. He's... (laughs) He's out there, but yeah, yeah I don't think he. That's that's just this low. horrendous, so uh, embarrassing for him. <laughs> jumping, and then there's a line about let bygones be bygones, as if this is all in the past, hmm. and there's no current problem. Uh, just sad for ladies' love, in my opinion. There's also this emphasis on the South, as if that's the only place where racism exists in this country, and I do understand that <laughs> that might be more of an issue here uh, at least historically but it's certainly not the only place in the country where you have to deal with uh where we have these problems so it's all just so simple-minded uh, such a simplification of a huge issue and if you're not able to tackle it in any real way then don't do this shit because it just yeah. sounds to me like a cash grab like a way to get attention um doesn't work on any level they were fairly lambasted for this song well i think that's like it i don't know if it it may have charted i don't know it was a single but uh people didn't care for it which gave me a little bit of hope in humanity that's good yeah and you know that they were just like paired together because they're on the same label or some shit like right there's no connection and even like if they're making it about the south i mean ladies love is from queens so <laughs> exactly it's 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 more of a north north versus south here yeah exactly and uh yeah i think that's a reason a lot of duets don't work they're kind of hokey they feel like yeah. marketing ploys they're not uh, yeah imagine that you you are an artist and a songwriter performer you write what you think is your best song ever your impulse is not going to be to call up some other singer and split the verses <laughs> with him that makes no yeah. sense and the royalty check. <laughs> right. Now that too. So yeah, yeah. this is, uh, those were three songs, uh, duets from, with two people from opposing sides. First one was hokey. Second one was disappointing. The third one was an abomination. <laughs> there you go. And if you like look at the percentage of like good duets that we're doing so far compared to shitty ones, well, my five that I did there, um, <laughs> what we got like one and a half good ones and, Six battles. The percentages aren't working in our favor so far for yeah, duets. Pretty low. <laughs> duets aren't that great, I think. Well, it's my turn. Let's see if I can turn this ship around. I can please try up our percentages here. I have a song that actually uh, has percentage in the title here. So segue. Mm-hmm. Found one. <laughs> nice work. <laughs> and you know what? Today I'm going to do a big one. I'm going to go with one of my favorite bands, the band. It's oh. happening tonight, Clay. Finally. Perk up. I'm so going to listen to Finally. the band. Yes. My favorite uh, artist of all time. Basically. Yeah. That's, I can just say that. Yeah. Um, I know you're a huge appreciator. It's a big part of this whole show. When we started it, yeah. that's like a, our big Canadian American connection band there. You can't not look at the band's lineup and not think like what a great melting pot of, North America. 
Yeah, it was perfect for us because we both love the band. They're your very favorite. They're I can't say they're mine, but they're definitely one of my favorites. I adore them. They have Levon Helm on the drums and lead vocals at times. Yep. Who is from the South, and the rest of the band is from Canada. They happen to have a song called "Across the Great Divide," so it was just the perfect theme song for us. And I, yeah, I can't believe it's taken us this long to get to them. So yeah, work right. Yeah, I wouldn't say I've been saving them. I've been kind of almost avoiding them just because the band's always been one that like I've always thought like it needs like its own like big podcast. And there is a band podcast, which is pretty great. But it's one of the ones that like I was thinking like, yeah, that would be great to like get in depth with. And maybe like we'll do like like with my whispers from the north there or my whispers of the north. (laughs) Yeah, I was I was thinking immediately that uh, I would love to hear you. do an episode on the band and how much they mean to you. And I would like to do an episode on, on Levon, keep it in the South. Um, That'd be cool. Yeah. For me, we could do a whole side series there. Yeah. I probably, you can... Yeah. I don't know if I'll do any of these before I finish the Skinner thing. Um, right. I'm working. Yeah. On, you got to wrap up that thread for sure. And I, yeah, but I would love to, uh, I'd love to talk about Levon, but I would really love to hear you talk about the band. Yeah. And so the one that I've picked today, is called four percent pantomime it's from their cahoots album you familiar with that one 1971 yeah Yeah. so it's not one of their most revered albums as far as like what people gravitate towards everybody loves big pink the brown album like that's like the vibe of the americana band this one was a little later after so stage fright was before this and that was the one that was kind of like their dealing with fame kind of 70s album everybody has but i love it that's actually it's not my favorite it's hard to pick a favorite with these i just love the trajectory of the band it's the same with the vocalists too like there's three amazing vocalists here all of them are like in my top five (laughs) they're all incredible so the one that i picked today four percent pantomime it's led by richard manuel is on the lead vocal on this one um but like I said, today's theme is duets. And I'm not talking duet as in like him singing with his other bandmates here. Like you can't just consider a band that has multiple singers. I don't think you can consider that duets. Maybe the style they sing in can be that. But uh, what happened with this album, it was a little bit of a different process for them. They didn't set up in the basement of Big Pink like they usually do. Usually they like convert a house and live in it and work on the songs, rehearse the songs. Like when they were working with Dylan, they did that at Big Pink as well, the basement tapes. They'd really like flush them out together that way. This one, they pieced the songs together more in the studio at the time because they were between tours, of course, and they already been picking up steam, obviously. This is their fourth album. So the songs were a little bit more constructed. Uh, a little bit more multi-tracked as opposed to live off the floor. It was recorded in Bearsville studio, which was a studio owned by Alan Grossman, who's of course manages Dylan and the band as well. Um, Todd Rundgren would work out of there as well. So like that whole Woodstock uh, artist vibe collective is around this. So it's not like some random studio. It is still a home studio for them. But like I said, working on the songs in a different way. So it's a much more polished album. A lot of people don't like it as much as the other stuff because they feel it doesn't really land the same way that what people like about the band, that Americana live off the floor vibe. And when you say Woodstock, you mean Woodstock, New York, where they lived and recorded music, not the Woodstock Festival. Although, I mean, 
Because I, I, you know, a lot of people might not know that. Yeah, yeah. Upstate New York. Uh, I believe it was in Socrates or somewhere in the woods there mm-hmm. uh, where they would work on like the big pink house. I actually saw, I, I think I sent it to you, but that, that uh, bed and breakfast app, but you can oh, book yes. into the big pink. I was like, really wild. That's We've awesome. got to do that. There has to be a, a time where we, we go there. It's kind of halfway between us. We could, we could meet yeah. there. We hole up and we, we just jam out on podcasts. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we're not as cool as a band that make cool music, but jam out some podcasts. Jam out on podcasts, yeah. I like it. We could do an all-star. Who would be the big ringer that would come in? Who would be our Dylan? Oh, man. Maybe Nate. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Definitely Nate are well disguised. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, as the story goes, though, so they were working on songs in a different way. So they were in the studio there, and there were more people around. Um, and... The band also likes to party, needless to say, 70s, drugs. So the people coming in would be getting loose, having fun with them, probably listening to some tracks back. And the story goes with this particular song is that they were working on the song. They got the vibe for the original concept. And you can literally hear it in the first verse here. So I'll just play the first verse because it's basically a completely different song than what it turns into. Gets a little bulldozed by the duet portion is coming in here but we'll play the first verse So yeah, just Richard Manuel so far singing. His voice is so cool, so tortured. Like I just love the way he, those inconveniences. Like he just there's so much character in his voice. Maybe that speaks back to why I wasn't digging on <laughs> your man. But like that's what I like to hear. I like to hear those imperfections. You're right. Uh, Even the way he enunciates, it, it's just yeah. uh, something about it works. Yeah. And I really love Robbie's work on this song, uh, his guitar playing. It's something that's, uh, Robbie's kind of become like the de facto, like he's always been touted as like the leader. And, and because he's survived the longest, he's retold the stories the most. So stuff has been spun towards him. And it's, there's no question about it. If you dive into the history of the band, you'll see right away that there's a bit of a, the great divide is kind of between Robbie wanted to do the Hollywood thing with Scorsese where the other guys just kind of want to keep playing and doing what they're doing. That's the divide you see. Yeah. And Robbie had been kind of claiming a lot of the, uh, the songs as his own, where it was more of a collaborative thing for the band. And I think he was just a little bit more business minded at times. And yeah. maybe just, a, you can just tell, you can see even in the last waltz, that's the best way to look at it. You look at the way how calculated Robbie is. And he's the one actually editing the last waltz in the editing room with Scorsese. So yes. the story all, it all leans towards looking like he's kind of in front and the other guys kind of get this backseat. Um, 
But anyway, let's get to the do out of this. I, I, this is a problem with the band. I'll just I'll go off on tangents because I just love everything about them, their history. But stumbling in from the other room, you've heard this song before, right, Clay? So you know uh, what's yeah. coming. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> I, I won't. Not, yeah, I think stumbling in is the perfect way to describe it. <laughs> yeah. So Van the Man, Van Morrison comes in here and uh, let's see what he has to say. So it comes in and <laughs> the song that was already kind of established by Richard there as like being about kind of, it sounds like a musician that's kind of fed up with how he's being booked and drinking and just ready. Something's building there. There's a story that's building there. And then Van, the man comes in and just starts yapping and saying, what, what's going on, Richard? <laughs> Is it poker? He's just talking about it. Like, it just makes yeah. no sense. It makes no and, sense. And I love Van. I'm sure you love him too, right? I mean, yeah, I love I love Van Morrison. He's gone off the deep end in recent years. He's a lunatic. <laughs> That's true. Yeah, we should say we love we love uh, free. What is he now? He's one of he's like Clapton's right hand man, isn't he? Yeah. Well, that's funny too. Okay, so I love Astral Weeks. Yeah, I love Moon Dance. I love uh, Tupelo Honey is one of my favorite songs. But it's funny because you're right. It's him and Clapton. And those are also the same two guys who were just falling over themselves in love with the band. I'm yeah, sure that's they're the biggest fanboys for sure. Yeah. And that's a vibe that I get from Ben. Like, I love his songs. I, uh, yeah, Moondance is a great album as far as the variety on it. You know, like Crazy Love is this cool, like, croony kind of, almost like a Otis Redding kind of thing. And then he goes into these these louder ones, kind of like what he's doing here. But this is just insane. This is just... A, a fanboy running into a session and just not getting the vibe of the band. I mean, like yeah. you can see it already. You can, you can feel the switch right there. Yeah. It's weird. It's weird because the band is uh tight as new rope. They toured for years um, before they even became the band. They, they did a million shows in all the toughest venues in America. And the, the magic of the band, I think, is that they were so tight, but they still had kind of a loose feel when they all got together and mm-hmm. and and made made music, made songs together, and and part of that probably comes from the uh, their interaction and the different vocalists, and it all kind of felt like a a family or a bunch of friends making music and taking turns. But yeah, yeah, they were tight and. Yeah. And for someone like Van Morrison to love them and then just come in and, and be out of control over the top <laughs> obnoxious, it makes no sense. You're not, you're not keying in on what you even yourself love about this, this yeah. band. <laughs> That's true. It's like, he wants to be a part of the magic, but just is too drunk to sit back and appreciate. <laughs> right. That's the thing with them. They're, they're good. I mean, they're the band, man. That's what they, that's why they work with Dylan even. Um, they're able to like kick back and, and wow, yeah. 
and also step forward all of them in their own right can every one of them yeah i can lead every one of them like garth even just the stuff he plays amazing um yeah we'll get into more of the band on a side project there's no doubt about it I have to do that anyway let's get back into the track here So Richard's calling back to him, calling him the Belfast Cowboy. Obviously, Van being from Ireland. Um, that was a nickname that they gave him. There's a funny line there when he's talking about it. He asks him, he says, lay your cards down on the table. And then Van hears him just say that line. And I guess he's trying to do a call and response to it. And he's, I got a table. Yeah, yeah it's just, what a, yeah, what the dude's just hammered. Jam. Table. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's coming up. So let's just let her wind down here. All right, so that's 4% pantomime in the band, finally. The band. So I guess uh, that does it for today. Let's uh, see what we're going to do next month before we get out of here. What do you say, Clay? Yeah, let's check it out. One, two, three, four. Yeah, I know this one. Yeah, is you, it? Uh, can you get it? Is it samples or rap music? 
it is yeah samples or like uh taking a riff from another person doesn't necessarily have to be a rap sample that's just where it's prominent but this is one that i actually slipped in there i, I don't think i talked to you about this one but yeah i don't remember this at all yeah the idea is to like play two songs maybe so you show like the source it can even be like you know you could, well we can't do zeppelin because they're from britain but you know, you could do like a Zeppelin and then Lead Belly yeah, song or whatever. Song they ripped off. Yeah. 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 It can be a rip off or it can be a sample. Um, but I think it'd be kind of cool to like compare the two or see how it's been appropriated. I love it. Yeah. Yeah. That's a great idea. All right, man. Well, uh, this was fun as always. And, and thanks for those of you that are out there listening. Uh, please give us a five star review if you like the show. And yeah, uh, we'll do it again next time. Get us on uh, Twitter and send us in some like themes too. We're running low on themes. Yeah. We, we only loaded this thing up so much and uh, yeah, we want some interaction boys and girls. Absolutely. No, yeah. you're out there. <laughs> yeah. All right, cool. We'll talk to you later, Ryan. All right, Clay. Take care. Yeah.